Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What a pleasant day. Sun is shining. It's nice and warm. How's little Bo Peep? You doing okay over there in the news booth? I lost my sheep. I'm doing yeah. fine. Yeah. Sometimes you sound like a little bird when you come in with the news. Like a little bo peep, 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 animal this, peep, peep, peep. Thanks, Ken. Today, the Los Angeles City Council. Yeah, there she is. That's the news update. That should be the news. It's a pleasant sound. You shouldn't be offended. It is pleasant. Would you like to hear that in the morning outside your window? Yes, I would. We'll put you in a little cage. John had a gun. He'd start shooting them in the trees. It's a good thing he can't. He throws knives. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, today, the Los Angeles City Council hid from public view by having a virtual meeting. Yeah. Uh, this decision was made last week. The excuse to the media was COVID. Do you believe that, or do you think these guys just... Well, Mike Bonin had COVID, and now Krikorian allegedly yeah. do, has COVID. Do you think they really have COVID, or they uh, just don't want to uh, uh, sit and uh, listen to people screaming at them for hours and hours? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the photo of the meeting, and I guess Mitchell Farrell wore the mask. It looked like he was in City Hall while the rest were remote. Well, on Zoom, you could click mute on, and you don't have to hear all the screaming and the cursing and all the other insults. And I'm wondering if that's why they did it. And they go, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, right. Oh, look at that. I tested uh, positive yesterday morning. Whoa, I got to stay home for a week or so. I I think it's more that they didn't want to go to City Hall because it's overwhelmed with protesters. That's what I think. tough to get in and get out. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're faking COVID, right? Wouldn't you fake COVID rather than sit there? Well, there was COVID. I mean, if Bonin has COVID and Kokorian has COVID. That's what makes it the perfect excuse, isn't it? Nobody's going to disbelieve you. Oh, yeah, COVID's all over the place. Sure. Oh, I hope you get better. But if I was them, oh, what's a listen to these fanatics screaming at you for four hours? I'd say I've got COVID. Uh, I'm going home, and then you put the uh, put the volume on mute, on mute, and you don't hear a thing. Now, you know it's really evident now. I heard some clips this morning of these activists. Some of them are at Kevin DeLeon's city council house, where he's not there. It's an Eagle Rock. And I, I really was convinced today that these are professional activists. They just refer to him now like a radio station. He's KDL. 
Did you see that? They have signs, KDL. KDL, KDL must go. KDL, that's his name. Oh, what's Kevin his free- DeLeon is referred to as KDL. <laughs> what- Again, it's like texting. It's too much to say the whole thing. What's his frequency there? Just, yeah, I know. KDL 95. Like call letters, KFI and KDL. <laughs> you, you, um, I, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, uh, I just, uh, we sent you the quiet desperation of woke fanatics by Michael Schellenberger. And, and I, I want to do this in depth later because you remember we were talking with the reporter from uh, Los Angeles Magazine a few weeks ago. It was the history of homelessness in Los Angeles and asked him, why are these homeless advocates so committed? What's in it for them? And he goes, you know, I don't know. He goes, I'm reporting on what they're doing, but why they're doing it. Uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't ask him. And that, that's been that's been bugging me because it covers a lot of things in life. Why do people get fanatically involved in anything? So Schellenberger uh, actually quoted this book from 1950 coming out of Nazism in the middle of communism. And um, what, uh, and I, really, it's, it's, it's a longer thing. But one of, one of the things he noted in, in one of his writings is that, you know, the, the can of tomato soup that was thrown at the Van Gogh painting? Those people yes. belong to an organized group that is funded with millions of dollars. You know who funds them? I don't know. George Soros? Close. It's the <laughs> Getty and the Rockefeller families. Whoever's running those foundations are really woke and progressive, and so they fund these, these little subunits, but they give them big money, six and seven figures. So that's why these, these young people have all day to run around protesting, waving signs, doing chanting, and then you know they throw a can of tomato soup at a painting. It, it's, they're, they're, they are paid. And, and it, it's completely inauthentic. It doesn't represent real people. It's just another tentacle of the BS industry that we're all living with. Well, plus, if you make a lot of noise, the media likes to cover it. They well, like to cover stuff but, that's controversial because okay. they think that'll attract people to look okay. at the story like throwing soup at a painting, right? So money for the protesters. We even talked about it. Everybody Mo- talks about it. Money for the protesters, money for the television channel that covers it. But I don't it. think it advances the cause. It's well, largely no, it, it, just stupid noise. It, well, that's we actually have one coming up later on this hour along the same similar vein, it, and it's a Deborah Mark story. It, that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't. Is. You can cover it because it's entertainment. But it doesn't mean anything that somebody throws a can of tomato soup or somebody goes to a microphone and insults the city council. These people are paid or they're just complete adrift losers who wander in on their own. And right. Want this their is why I, I, I mean, we enjoy playing the moist line callers, but it's the same thing. It's yeah. in one ear, out the other and forgotten in 10 yeah. minutes. But it's, there, just, it's nice to hear. But. So much drama is is spun up by the media, especially here in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, Angeles. I know. Because I, I was talking with somebody. Because they still act like they used to act like when our phones are ringing. Mm. One of the listeners saying, John and Ken, this is representative of the entire population. I'd like to hear some of the calls. And then they would show on camera the little lights ringing on the phones. Well, they treat this the same way. Well, every once in a while, I would tell the interview the truth and I'd say, I don't know. We only got six lines, so that's just six yeah. opinions. And you'd see their face would fall because the, what they want to say to open their report. Yeah, it's like one million opinions. And we got clips of tons of these stories. Phones were ringing off the hook of the, the hook. John and Ken show. It's like, well, we, we know six people were ringing. <laughs> yeah, well, and even if there is a million people calling, only six are going to get through at once, so you're still just getting six right. opinions. And often it's the same six people that called yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't give away too much. <laughs> I wanted to begin with this clip because um, you've been touching on this and we touched on it a lot yesterday. 
apparently someone who called in today is supporting KDL, Kevin DeLeon. Let's listen. I just want to say I disagree with um, what's going on with Mr. Kevin DeLeon. Thank you, Mr. Kevin DeLeon, for all you've done for the community of El Torino. We know you are not how the media and your colleagues are trying to portray you. We support you. Hundreds of us are uh, in support of you. This seems like a political ambush to me, hypocrisy at its finest. By this, I'm referring to the rest of the city council coming out on TV saying what they're saying. They need to resign, not you. You and Mr. Sadil and Mr. Gil Sadil have done a lot for the community. Um, it seems like they waited for the perfect opportunity during uh, election time to release this unfortunate audio. You know, we all have bad moments and we could all learn from this. To the city council, throw the first stone if you've never had bad moments like this or said any um, uh, inappropriate uh, thing. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Speaker. No, notice she's more reasonable in her tone, sounds a little, little more intelligent than the other lunatics that come to the microphone. And I, I'm wondering how many people like her in his district feel that way. And we may find out in 24. Like, no, I like the guy. And who knows how many actually agree or disagree with what he said. What he said was minor compared, really minor compared to Nuri Martinez. And uh, yeah, this was this a setup? Was this some kind of political hit? You know, it kind of smells. I mean, it was a secret recording. It's done illegally. It's leaked a year later, right before the election. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of odor around surrounding this thing. And as the story calms down, you know, maybe DeLeon uh, isn't going to resign. And maybe he's not going to be forced to leave. And maybe he's going to get reelected. Because maybe it's just going to be like chapter 1,612 of overreactions. Political <laughs> and media overreactions. All right, this next clip we're going to play tells you just how close this whole thing is to moist line callers. Here we go. Please unmute yourself and identify the items you'd like to speak on. I, I speak. It, it, this is not the time for a, uh, a show. Please speak to us. Okay, speaker, we're going to go on to the next speaker if you don't talk. Okay, so let's go to the next speaker. Is that Mitchell Farrell? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Totally, or maybe somebody else who was running the he's callers. He's totally humorless, whoever that was. I totally know. without a sense of humor. If you've ever listened to the Moist line, what we have in the background is it's like Calliope <laughs> Christmas, right. not Christmas music, it's Calliope kind of circus music. It's very close to that, yeah. It's pretty close to that. That's the old circus music you all remember. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's the Moist line. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that guy played what's... Yeah, it is kind of like it. <laughs> it could have been one of our, uh, our listeners calling it. <laughs> I wonder if it was. All right, when we... <laughs> I, I Look at that. Speak... It, it... How, how dare you make fun of us with circus music? Is that what you're trying to say? We're like a three-ring circus here? Send in the clowns? They don't know their jokes. That's the funniest thing of all. They don't know that. We're ever. conducting city business, John, and we need to get the city to heal. <laughs> oh, and that's what I heard today. There's no healing until these two guys resign. There's no healing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I cut my hand the other day, and I just can't I can't get it to close uh, up. An open, gushing wound. I know, and I'm just waiting for DeLeon to quit, and then, you know, maybe it'll uh, heal over there. All right, we'll play a little bit more when we come back, including these protesters who still tried to smash their way into City Hall, even though 
It was a virtual meeting. John and Ken KFI live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Oh, we got juicy stuff on the show today. Good stuff coming out of the Weinstein case on the Newsoms. That's right. Gavin Newsom and his wife, Jennifer Dumbbell Newsom. Isn't that her name? <laughs> no, no, it's Cybell. Oh, sorry. Cybell, yes. My mind was on the gym from this morning. Cybell. Uh, but you told me I can't use the three names. So No, you got to pick, pick one. All right, Jennifer Seibel. No one's allowed three names. And this one goes back to uh, Gavin's cheating days. Uh-huh. A lot he, of people may not be aware he cheated with his campaign manager's wife. Mm. Yeah, and uh, didn't Apparently, seem... Jennifer was asking Weinstein, supposedly, for advice because she was dating him at the time. And, you know, so uh, she's so asking Weinstein. He was cheating with <laughs> You his... think about that. <laughs> she's going to ask Weinstein. Well, and this was after the alleged sexual attack. No, I don't think so, was it? Oh, maybe it was. I think that's why they were bringing it, bringing it up in court. Oh, it's I like, see. You're right, right, right. I'm you... sorry. I was thinking before he got exposed on the right. Me Too. That's right. Right. Which was 2017. Right. Yes, you're right. You're right. This is before, or rather after she supposedly was sexually assaulted by Weinstein when she went to that hotel and he wanted to go up to the room and all that. Yeah. Right. right. Oh, no, there's I a... see. Yeah, because it's the defense introducing the email. Right. So, because they want to say it's, look. I guess she didn't consider it that uh, terrible an attack if she's... She came back to him for advice on... For advice uh, on, on Newsom. On a guy she's dating and yeah. seeing. Well, these are all just awful people, aren't they? Yeah, it is an ugly gutter. You, w- you wouldn't want to know any of these people personally. All right, the LA City Council today uh, met virtually. Uh, all the little heads back on Zoom uh, because they're frightened of the public, which, well, it's not the public. It's the activists have been showing up demanding the resignations. They're not going to let you get anything done. Until Gil Cedillo and KDL resign. KDL. Stop with the KDL. KDL. (laughs) Um, They wanted to pick a new city council president today. Not that anybody cares, but they didn't. They didn't get get enough. Some didn't get enough votes. It's Paul Krikorian and uh, current price seem to want to be the council president. I think Mitchell Farrell wants to run out of the building, actually, after all this. <laughs> he looks a little bit like a deer in the headlights sometimes. Yeah. I think he needs a, a job with one of those crooked uh, nonprofits. And, uh, <laughs> built tax money uh, trying to clean up homelessness. I think that's what his future is. Yeah. We love the fact that Kevin DeLeon got stripped of his uh, committees, and one of them, he was chairman of the Homeless Committee. That's going well. <laughs> oh, what a loss. Wait, wait. We need his leadership. <laughs> Uh, apparently things got a little wild. Protesters uh, tried to uh, get into the doors of City Hall, even though this was a virtual meeting. We think Mitchell Farrell was sitting in there with a mask on, but everybody else was remote. Shows you how uh, dumb that crowd is, huh? <laughs> well, You're going to break into an empty room. <laughs> well, Mitch should be sitting there shaking. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, play the audio of their wild behavior. What is this, 10 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I think it was, 10 or 11. What were you doing at 10 o'clock in the morning? Uh Uh-oh. Time to remove them. Here come the batons. No resignation, no meeting. Well, there was a meeting, although I don't think they did anything. Uh, We got some cursing. If you want to hear that, it's a yes. woman. All right, let's let's play that clip. I'm not going to go into what racist gerrymandering trash the redistricting process has. We are all aware of it. Really, thank God for the leak because it's so vindicating to finally have proof of what is going on beyond, behind closed doors. 
LA has the most underrepresented local government of any major US city. And I'm pretty sure it ranks um, towards the top in the world. I guess we're number one at something, go us. Anyway, this is possibly a once in a lifetime opportunity for Angelinos. Hopes and prayers that you don't all f- it up for us. <laughs> no. <laughs> another another one. We have the most what? Underrepresented? Well, we only have 15 uh, council people. Oh, for the so population. That, yeah, for the population, that is, uh, yeah. What does have, New York have? Do you know? Oh, they have uh they have, they have like a hundred. Yeah, they have. They have lots. Most big Chicago's cities all these do. aldermen, right? And yeah, older. Are yeah. they aldermen still, or older persons, or older? They're they're, uh, they're older. just alders. Fifty-one <laughs> in New York. See, fifty-one. Right. Oh, I guess they they want to expand this to maybe thirty. Right? Wasn't that the talk for well, fifteen council the, members? To every 30? council district is precious because the bottom line of this meeting. And, and a few people I've been talking to have started to notice this, right? They said, hey, you know what the bigger story was? Is you had these Hispanic uh, council people trying to carve up the city and, and, and grab land from the black council districts. That's what they were doing. Because they right, think, well, their argument is we've got the population, we got to get the voters, we got to well, get the numbers. Sure, but they're doing it in a back. We room. are underrepresented on the council, but they, in, in based this, on everything they do about race identity. Right, but this backroom deal—it's not out in the open. It's, it's but they not don't the control the, the redistricting committee. I don't know if they were trying to overrule the redistricting committee. Well, because that was just a recommendation. You can have an independent redistricting agency that just lays down the law and says, here it is. And then you can go to court and challenge it if you think it's unfair. But I uh, hear it seems like this is just a recommendation from this agency. And so they were all what, what, what they wanted to do is build a coalition to adjust the, the council district lines. Oh. And so it was, they, re- it was really ironic about that going back to the leaked recording. Remember Gil Cedillo talking about the districts? He wanted to make sure he didn't get the activists in his district. I remember. Yeah. Then that, that, that's who these people are. They've yeah. been showing up at City Hall. It was almost like a year yeah, later. Yeah, it was uh, quite predicting the future there. Leave them in, uh, what's their names? Nithya Raman's district uh, where they belong. Yeah, the crazy people. Yeah, put all the activists in, in one uh, crazy box together. And it shows you how, how scared these guys are of the activists, just physically scared and intimidated which is why they give in so often because they fear for their lives. They fear for their safety. They fear for their families because these activists are so nuts. They ought to be locked up in an institution, <laughs> but they, you know, they run around city hall. They, they barge into offices all the time. And it's like, fine, fine, whatever you want, you know, just, just go away because these guys, they don't care about these issues. None of these people care if the homeless rot in the streets and die or not. What they want is all the, all the graft and corruption. That's why they ran for office. So they could enrich themselves. And they don't want to have screaming homeless activists, screaming bike activists, screaming, you know, whatever. You know, global warming activists. Like, oh, they're all headache people. You can't talk yeah. to them. I mean, Sadio ran into the bike activists. He had a right. vicious battle with them in his district about them wanting all these bike lanes. He thought it got out of control. Well, it was the know, one time and, I thought he made sense. Well, you know, and I, I, I admire him a, a little for that because... Because regular people don't want bike lanes. It clogs up traffic for regular people. I don't know anybody who drives who wants a bike lane taking up uh, you know, one full lane of traffic. Nobody wants that. But these bike activists, again, and they're funded by rich people, go into Cedillo's office and all the others and scream and yell. And, you know, they throw tomato soup. And it's like, okay, <laughs> fine, fine. You know, I give up. No, these activists are a scourge, absolute scourge. They need to be locked up. Screw their First Amendment rights.
Yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah. All right, Paul Kokorian's the new L.A. City Council president. I guess they did get some business done. <laughs> Not that it matters. Who cares? But well, He's an oaf, too, isn't he? I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, an oaf. Koretz has got the chin bag. Kokorian, though, we've run into him, too. Oh, they're all oafs. They're all bad news. <laughs> all right, we got more coming up. After 3 o'clock, uh, we're going to take you back in time because it's come around on the Board of Supervisors. If you live in L.A. County... We've lost $32 million thanks to child services. It's one of those sad stories, uh, again, with the death of a little boy where child services visited the family over and over again and did not protect the boy from, uh, well, it's usually the mother and a live-in boyfriend. Um, This is the story, and we'll talk about it next hour with the attorney on the case, uh, Brian Claypool of uh, Anthony Avalos and uh, 32 million the Board of Supervisors is handing over to the family in a settlement of that lawsuit. John and Ken on KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Okay, coming up next hour, we will be talking to Brian Claypool, an attorney for family members of little Anthony Avalos, the 10-year-old boy who died in 2018 after being tortured extensively by his mother and her boyfriend. The reason is the L.A. County Board of Supervisors approved a $32 million settlement in a lawsuit filed by relatives of that boy. This is, again, it involves child services, and they're unbelievable. Said, we got to pay, right? We, the taxpayers, have to hand over the money. They should be in prison for the awful work they did on this case involving not just this boy, but a couple of other boys. Because we're also going to talk about Noah Quattro. There's a development in that case that uh, Brian wants to talk about. So uh, it's important. We'll talk to him after the news. At 3 o'clock, the Moist Line. Have you heard of it, John? It's coming back Friday. It's in the news every day, it seems. I know. This is the callers to L.A. City Council or the protesters. Uh, You can uh, connect with the Moist Line using the iHeartRadio app or call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Today on the show, you're going to hear some stories involving something that John and I really hope fades away. And that is the extremist, and I hate the term, but they've coined it, progressive politics of some people that is so far out of whack from reality that in the story we're going to do now, progressives are divided. It concerns a neighborhood in New York City. Ah. Brooklyn, New York, Park Slope, if you've ever heard of it. That is super woke, that area. And Deborah Mark, I hate to tell you, but uh, at the center of this is a dead dog. Why? I hate to tell you, or the dead dog. Why? Why? Why is there a dead dog? Well, uh, you can imagine this would happen in the world we live in now. A woman was walking her dog, an 80-pound golden retriever named Moose, at the local park, where apparently she does it quite often. Uh, Well, Jessica Christie, or Krusty, is it it Trusty? Krusty? Or Krustick? It's C-R- it's C-H and then Rustic. How would you pronounce that? Trustic? Rustic, I guess. Uh, she's 40. Um, <clears throat> this being a progressive neighborhood, prepare yourself for her job. She's a professional beekeeper. <laughs> so you keep other people's bees? Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah. And you get paid for it? You collect the honey. And then they come and they visit their bees and, and get their honey? Natural organic honey, yes. So she's walking this dog, Moose, in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And she does it all the time. And she saw a man rifling through the garbage. She'd seen him before, tall, dreadlocks, wrapped in a turban, carrying a long staff, muttering to himself, cursing. She usually keeps her distance, but this time she couldn't avoid him in the part of the park she was in. 
He started yelling about immigrants, taking over the park, grabbed a bottle of what she later concluded was urine, sloshed it at her and the dog. She tried to run away, but the golden retriever, she thinks, trying to protect her, was lunging towards the man, and he hit it with his big stick. Oh, no. Connected with the dog's snout. The dog apparently survived a few days, but had some internal problems and died. So sad. Now she takes to John's favorite forum. John, what is that forum? Oh, uh, next door. The next door network. And she starts telling people to try to warn them about the man, asking them to report any more sightings to the police. She I... got a lot of sympathetic comments, but it didn't take long before you can guess what happened. The people who favor the homeless weighed in. Yes. So they're okay with that poor dog yes. being killed? They yes. In a, yes, in a sense they are. Yeah, they're more sympathetic to the homeless guy than they are to the dog. Okay, how let's see how they will feel when their dog gets hit by a big stick and dies. Can I tell you after I have read just hundreds and hundreds of these next door exchanges because on the west side yes. there's some kind of homeless atrocity almost every day. Uh and it always, always the person posts the story usually in just a matter-of-fact way, gets a lot of sympathy, and then here come the pro-homeless trolls. And it turns into this big fight, and eventually they start screaming about Donald Trump in the end. I, it's, it's just incredible. It is the same thing. They'll have like 110 comments, and it devolves down to a half a dozen people insulting each other. It is the, is the most idiotic forum I, I've just ever seen in my life, and every day it happens. So here is, believe it or not, this is explained by the Times. The woman is white. The dog is, is a dog, but the homeless guy was black. And this plays into these crazy progressives fighting each other. So on the next door app, a minority, they do describe them as a vocal minority, asked why Park Slope residents, mostly white, were calling for the police to take down a man who appears to be homeless and emotionally disturbed. Others said others called the man a monster, a predator, or a psychopath. <laughs> Wait a second. But if, if killing a dog doesn't convince you why, I don't know what to say. Martin Lofness, 52, a dancer and choreographer who did live in the neighborhood but moved out in 2020, wrote this. He urged people to put their emotions aside. 400 years of systemic racism, racism prevented black people from building generational wealth through home ownership resulting in the extreme disparity we see today, arresting the man would solve none of that. And that's why Can this, you believe that's what he did with this situation? That's what they do with everything. What they do You are see, correct. And I, that's why I wanted this story because it does explain things a bit what? if you no, want to try to explain this they, lunacy. They 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 they, 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 all they do, what they do is they change the subject. Because in their minds no black person, no black man is ever guilty of any crime because if you start talking about 400 years of systemic racism, that's the explanation for everything. Right. So it doesn't matter if he killed a dog. It doesn't matter if he killed 10 dogs. The explanation is the same. Right. And when they, the Times contacted him, he said, well, I, 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 I want people to not focus on what happened to the poor dog. I, I want people to focus on the larger scheme of things, you see. And that's the whole racism and imperialism and colonialism you know that built this nation. Except there are millions of successful black people who have great jobs. They run businesses. They, they run uh, companies. They're executives. They're lawyers. They're doctors. They, they have uh, plenty of blue-collar jobs on the whole economic spectrum. They own homes. They have cars. So that, you know, that, that, that's nonsense. 
it, it, uh, history of somebody's race has nothing to do with why this guy took a stick and beat a dog to death. Nothing. nothing it's this guy's it, right? decisions in life. Or it was lack of care from his family who, did, who didn't do something about his schizophrenia. Or he, it's his fault for starting his life on drugs. It, it's, it's him and the family. It doesn't extend 400 years ago. That is a religious cult speaking. And you can't reason with them because they just change the subject and go back to square one. And now, the internet in, is filled with this all day and night. In New York, depending on the level of cruelty, killing a dog can be a misdemeanor or a felony carrying a prison sentence of up to two years. But there are people on one side of this fight who say, we don't want to bring the police into this. Clearly, this is a disturbed individual. Let's oh. de-escalate the situation and try to handle it locally. I know, I'm seriously, there, this is... This is nothing, you can't handle it locally. All he's going to do is wander free, and next time he has a moment, he's going to take his stick and maybe beat a little girl to death, or beat a woman who's jogging, or beat another dog. I, that, that, that's what's going to happen. How many of them do you want? Well, you, these people are so foolish and stupid, and I'm so sick of them. Aren't you sick of them? What a foolish, stupid bozos they are i mean you can't run you can't have a peaceful society this way guy kills well, a dog with a stick you, you send it to a mental institution this happened months ago deborah but the woman that owns a dog has still not moved his bed or his food bowls oh. she hasn't recovered from yeah. the trauma i don't blame her i yeah. would be traumatized as well this well is... i and her quote she says she considers herself a progressive because this is park slope brooklyn but she put it pretty well at the end of the story I'm very empathetic towards people who are unhoused and are having hard times and mental illness. I think there should be some resources for them. There should be more housing. But what I emphasize, this is one person who needs to be removed from this park. He's violent. End of story. And that really should be all there is to it. Right? Someone else said, are they waiting for someone to die next? Oh, then they'll excuse that. They'll, they'll go back to, to the start of their uh, argument 400 years ago. It's the same thing. You are not dealing with rational people. There's no, there's no debating them. And that's why I wish most of the sane world would stop debating these people. Just outnumber them, overwhelm them, outvote them, out-everything them. They're a tiny minority. All right, more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I will be joined by Brian Claypool, an attorney, and of course one of his specialties is representing family members of little children who were uh, tortured, beaten, who died at the hands of, usually it's their mother and their live-in boyfriend. Not in every case, but in a number of them. Uh, he's involved in the uh, Anthony Avalos case. That's the 10-year-old boy who died at the hands of his mother and live-in boyfriend. Uh, they still face life in prison. That was the case where <clears throat> I think Gascon reversed, charging them for death penalty. Instead, Heather Barron and her boyfriend, uh, Kareem Leva, now face uh, life in prison with uh, the possibility of parole if convicted. But what happened today is the L.A. County Board of Supervisors approved a massive $32 million settlement in the civil lawsuit filed by the relatives. We're going to talk about that with Brian, but also he has things to say about another case he's involved with, and that's the death of little Noah Quattro. Uh, and this time I think it was at the hands of his actual parents. He represents Noah's uh, great-grandmother in the civil lawsuit, and... Uh, he says lawyers for L.A. County are really uh, a problem here and doing something dangerous. Not the L.A. County D.A. I didn't even know L.A. County lawyers 
you see the difference here? They're involved. I guess the county has its own yeah, they legal their, department. Yeah, they got a huge legal staff. And clearly, since the county has to pay out, and it would come from the so the county coffers, I guess the county law offices get involved in trying to defend in this case. Yeah, because it's, we'll, it's a civil suit. Yeah. So you don't. You right, don't right. Have yeah, the DA is involved in criminal. Yeah. Right. Sorry. So we'll uh, we'll talk to him after the news at three o'clock. Uh, we've been talking about uh, wild progressives, and uh, of course, the story last week, which John mentioned earlier this hour, is a couple of them went to a museum in London and they threw soup on a painting, um, trying to what was it to protest the oil industry? I believe it was. Uh I think it was. Yeah, that, that that's the thing is like you can't, I can't even remember what it was they protested. The you painting just, had glass over it, so they didn't right. damage the painting. I but, know uh, the organization was just stop oil. Just stop oil. Oh, well, that go. says it pretty completely. But, right. Uh, so it was kind of nonsense. But otherwise, you just the same with this story. They just stood there and did this. I don't really understand why they weren't uh, grabbed by the hair and pulled out of there. Well, what do did did you ever see a little kid with a tantrum? I mean, I had three of them. I saw a fair number of tantrums. Yeah. Yeah, they just do something really impulsive because they're angry and they make a mess. And then they stand there and cry. Well, it's a good way you put that because it's clean up on aisle three, Deborah Mark. Yes. They're going to grocery stores in the UK and they're pouring milk out into the aisle, literally taking the cartons of milk and pouring them onto the floor of the grocery store. Mm. Cartons and cartons of them. It's a group called Animal Rebellion. They're trying to call attention to the damage to the environment from the dairy industry. Really, because an agricultural in general. Cows fart and blow methane into the atmosphere. And mm. methane is a greenhouse gas. So what they're doing is they're making a big milk mess over cow farts. Do you not, like this one, Deborah? Not making well, this up. No, I, I, I don't condone this. I don't. Oh, no? that's good to hear. I, I No, I don't. Why was there a puddle of milk in your uh, <laughs> I don't have before? any milk around me because I don't drink yeah, milk. Did she go into the company refrigerator in yeah. the lunchroom yeah, there and just start throwing milk on the floor? I'm going to go pour it on your head, John. See, you that go. would be funny. There you go. <laughs> All right, Eric, get your camera out. We're going to go post this. Yesterday, she was gluing herself <laughs> to and, the wall. And do me a favor. Smush his face with cheese while you're at it because that's another dairy product that he loves. I have to go find some gloves first. <laughs> I don't think John drinks a lot of milk, but he loves cheese. Yeah. Handle did leave a bunch of schmear and cream cheese outside. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. there you go. And that's probably spoiled by now. Yeah, do your own little one-woman protest and have the news people follow you around. <laughs> That would be fun. That's right. We'll put that on the social media. Deborah's, We'd get a lot of likes. Yeah, Deborah's, a lot of Deborah's daily social justice Well, protest. I think you'll like their bottom line message. We need a plant-based future now. Absolutely. I like the message. Just figure out another way to get it across. The world's top fee, uh, five meat and dairy corporations are now responsible for more emissions You're than right. Exxon, Shell, or BP, they claim. And, and they persuade nobody. All it does, it costs the grocery store money because that's lost product they can't sell. I mean, it's just so ridiculously st- These people are among the stupidest who can walk upright in our societies. I'm really and naturally, dumb. they're all like 20 years old doing this in are. a video. But again, they're getting paid. I thought at first it was another TikTok challenge when I saw the headline. 
pouring milk out in a grocery store is the new challenge. Yes. Yeah, so, that's, that's kind of similar to this, the dopey thing where people do that. Right. To, and, and, and who does that is like uh, immature kids. Yeah, a 16 year old, right? Right. Yeah. So who want to make a video and get likes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have responsible uh, men and women who are fathers and mothers who have mortgages and car payments. Do you ever see them doing this stuff? Do you ever see a guy who's got to get home to take his kid to soccer practice or a mother who's got to get home to help her kids with homework and make dinner and whatnot? Do you ever see them doing this stupid stuff? No. Oh, did, you, did you look at the pictures of the video? There is one older guy. He <laughs> got exactly the look John Cobalt likes. The little, little goatee and the mustache that comes all the way down underneath his chin, wearing a little uh, <laughs> yeah. wide hat. Like a, right. There's a bald head under there. I can see it. Yeah, so the mentally Skinny old, guy uh, wearing skinny jeans. He's staring at the camera and pouring out the milk. All right, good job, sir. You've he's had, definitely like in his 40s, I think. You've uh, had, he's not one of these teenagers. Yeah, you've had a productive life. Why don't you just tattoo loser on your forehead? So here are your choices, John, if you want to go uh, to Deborah Mark's side. Almond, soy, coconut, and oat milk. You I've had all. That... <laughs> Which do you prefer? I prefer oat milk. Yeah. Oh, a... okay. Oat milk's newer, isn't it? Yes, it is. In fact, when well, I when, when I... I go get coffee, when I go to Starbucks, I I get oat milk creamer. How do you get? And milk? they charge you more for that, don't they? I don't know. How actually. do you get milk out of oats? Oh yeah, yeah. It is. It is a little more expensive. Yes. Oat well, you milk, have to mash it up soy, and blend it up, John. Milk, it's all don't more ignore expensive. John's question. How do you get milk no, out of oats? You, you mash it up and blend it up. You blend anything up, it turns liquefied. So that's so, what a blender does. That's why so people make it? those uh, shakes, those veggie shakes. So is it like oatmeal? It just tastes like. Well, well I haven't had oats. milk in a mil- in a million years, but it it just it it doesn't really even have a taste, to be honest. Oh wow! Me. Oh, that's great. So just tasteless, uh, goopy liquid. Oh, then why do you add it to your coffee if it well, has no taste? I add it. Just to, makes it creamy. I don't. Yes. It, it makes of. it creamy, and I, I don't like black coffee. It's just, it's too strong. So oh, it, yeah. it dilutes it a little it, bit. Exactly. And then I put some stevia in there, and then I'm happy. What is stevia? It's an artificial sweetener. Google Although, says to make oat milk, Although. you take some oats, put some filtered water in, and then you blend it all up. So you add water and oats. So it's not actually Isn't coming from the oats. Isn't that what Ken said? Yeah. Um, no? Yeah, I, I said that, except he, Eric said you add water, too. So, okay. Yeah, he the said it just liquefies yeah. once well, you just, blend just it up. Like, like, you turn into oat milk just by grinding it up in well, a blender. Just, just like, like... John, really, put your face in a blender, and you'll become liquefied. We'll call it oat milk. water, then, not oat milk. Yeah, right. It's oat, That's what I'm saying. It's oat, There is no milk in there. Oh, that's right, the milk oh, word. Oh, God, the milk. It's the word. Yeah, that's why. Know. I remember there was a big because, fight over that. The dairy industry was I fighting know. this. Because... They can't, you, they can't appropriate the word milk. Your whole crowd just steals words that people like and try to... Pass it all. It's it's a phony business. It really isn't. It's yeah, for it, people who don't want to drink dairy. So call it oat water. No. <laughs> How about oat milk alternative? Oat milk uh, alternative. <laughs> How about oat alt? It's a complete there we go. scam industry. It's not a scam industry. Yes, it is. No, it, it isn't. All right. When we return, we will be talking to Brian Claypool about these uh, terrible stories involving uh, young boys who died at the hands of... Uh, their parents, either a mother and living boyfriend or their parents, and then, of course, the uh, failure of L.A. County Child Services. We had a big settlement announced today by the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, and then Brian wants to talk about another little boy that died and what's going on in that case. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.